Hey everyone, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Canon cameras, just just better. <laughs> that's that's I mean that's true, but it's not true. I don't want to discriminate against cameras. Um, they're all pretty great. That's also not true. Um, <laughs> kind of in a pickle, in a pickle here. Um, that's fine. I like Canon. That's just what I use, and I use my phone, which is a LG V20, which is not that great, but it's fine. It does the job, so I wouldn't worry about it. Today on the show, I'm talking about uh, unlearning perspectives. Uh, where is it? Perspectives? Unlearning perceptions um, with Brian King, a friend of mine who is doing a really, really fantastic job of helping people learn how to continue to build businesses despite their disabilities or mental health issues. Uh, he helps specifically with like ADHD and depression and um, other physical disabilities as well and helping people understand how they can still have their dreams and still have their businesses while uh, having these these things. And, uh, much of it is, has to do with, uh, mindset mindset, which is very different than mental health or mental illness or any kind of disability. Uh, the mindset aspect of it is really about unlearning a lot of the things that people put on you throughout your life, you know, making you feel stupid because, um, you don't learn a certain way or that you think a certain way or that you are, um, you need certain requirements that the quote unquote normal person doesn't need and uh, makes you feel inferior. And I think that's part of what we talk about too. So we talk about quite a few things, but I think unlearning perceptions is really the overarching sort of theme that we landed on. I think it's a really great conversation. It's a really good show. Uh, so let me know if you have any questions, comments. If you want to reach out to Brian, you can also reach out to me at Let's Go C-Notes on all the social channels or hit me up with a voice message here on Anchor, anchor.fm slash dopamine. So without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing and listen to this conversation with Brian King. Hey, that rhymed. Drums, please. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Today, I have a guest with me. I don't always do guests, but today it is uh, someone who has done a lot of really rad work within the uh, community that I have uh, surrounded myself with on Facebook. And um, I'd just like to introduce you to Brian King. Say hello to the people. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, I wish I had like a, like an applause track. <laughs> I got to do that from now on. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do and how that all relates to like the mental health conversation. Oh, that's simple enough. I grew up with undiagnosed ADHD and dyslexia. I was a very depressed kid, a lot of negative self-talk, very anxious, very self-conscious, mm -hmm. had a lot of bullying from teachers and classmates. Right. And I, I managed to, to get through all the way through high school. My uh, graduation present from high school was stage three testicular cancer. Wow. So I spent the, the summer in chemotherapy, got back on my feet. I went to school, got my master's degree in social work, got married, proceeded to have three sons, all of whom have been diagnosed with forms of autism and ADHD. Okay. So I had to become an overnight advocate for them and learn all about what their challenges were, how to prepare them for the world. 
And within the past five years, I've been diagnosed with two chronic conditions. One is called Ehlers-Danlos. It's a connective tissue disorder that makes my ligaments and tendons way too slack. Mm -hmm. So my joints are too bendy and I have a lot of joints that like to pop out of place daily, especially the the bones in my feet. So they often have to be popped back in place. Mm -hmm. And last summer I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And one thing I share with you uh, through Messenger is I'm laying in bed right now because I just get too fatigued standing up and or sitting up rather. Mm-hmm. And I do as much work as I can from the computer. But, you know, when I got to lay down, I do the rest from my phone. So I've had to be pretty resourceful in that way. Right. And, you know, I, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And when you add chronic conditions to the mix. You have to have Jedi class mindset to be able to really persevere, especially on your worst days. So that's kind of where my life has led me. And, you know, the the mental health aspects of it, as I described, are not only longstanding, but aggravated by my health conditions. Yeah, I mean, it all, you know, it's it's interesting because you tell me all of this and I'm like, oh, you're a very like, you know, you're a very... um, what can I say? Uh, like a very optimistic media trained kind of guy. Like you're just, you, you, you speak clearly. You're very like, you know, uh, uh, presentable and open. And you know, obviously that like, that is the common thing with mental health, anything, right. You don't know what's going on under the surface. Right. Um, and you know, that's really interesting for me to hear also all of the details of that, because um, you know, I, I, I didn't know that I assume that you were dealing with a lot of these things, but I didn't know the breadth of it. And all of that mixed with the the sheer optimism and help that you bring to a lot of people is really fascinating. So like leading into the, the, the mindset aspect of it, I'm sure there have been absolutely challenges and you still deal with all of that stuff and how you present yourself, I'm sure is different than who you are all the time. Um, but, you know, where does that, where does that bridge get gapped? Like in what point, um, uh, what I'm basically trying to ask is like, you know, how, how do you remain so optimistic, <laughs> if at all? Well, when I found out that I was remission, in remission from cancer, which is 30 years ago, uh, I, it was such a horrible experience. You know, there's, mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing fun about going through chemotherapy. Right. And it was right after high school graduation. So my support system scattered. You know, everybody was getting ready for the next journey in their life and nobody was there for me. I felt abandoned and bitter and depression like I can't even describe how deep it was. Yeah, that's unfortunately common. And yeah. getting getting back from that, digging myself out of it was mm. such a profound journey. And I made myself a promise. I made several promises, but one of them was that I was going to live a life that was deliberate, that was one that I created, that was solution focused. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to feel as helpless and victimized as I did during that time. Right. And having been in such depths of despair, I swore that under no circumstances was I going to let myself go there again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having that contrast of knowing how bad I can get, but also knowing that I had the power to create something much more invigorating, empowering, purposeful, and now knowing what that feels like, I don't want to go backwards. Now, it's not to say I don't have bad days. Right. There are plenty of times where, especially when I'm feeling 
most racked with pain and and fatigue that I feel like, man, wouldn't it be nice if I could just die today? Right. You know, those thoughts still enter my head, but I don't mm-hmm. live in them. That's right. the important thing. I realize what I'm doing. Sometimes I have to reach out to people to say, I'm stuck in this. I don't want to be here. Help talk me through it. So mm-hmm. it's still having that solution-focused attitude still on my worst days, knowing that it's not my reality, what I'm feeling right now. It's coming from someplace else, and I don't want to stay in it. I want to transform it into something more useful, and mm-hmm. sometimes I need to reach out to get it. And anybody who watches my Facebook videos has seen me do recordings when I'm in that place because mm-hmm. I want to show people that the measure of success is not this blind optimism that is pervasive. Like you just have this right. positive right. attitude all the time and you never budge from it. That's not the case. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But what the reality is, is that you use being solution focused as your primary way of being. It's a place that you know how to get back to. Not that you never fall from it, right. but that it's always your objective to get back to that place. Mm-hmm. So when you hear me talk now, I'm having a better day today. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was god-awful. Right. I was in bed all day in pain with fatigue, and I was miserable. My, my self-talk was pretty crappy most of the day. Mm-hmm. And, but the point is, during it, I kept telling myself, Tomorrow it's going to be better. This has happened to me before. I've had bad days, and they were followed by good days. So I just got to get through this. It feels like garbage. I wish I was downstairs with my family. I wish I could be helping out more, but I know it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, that's very spot on with a lot of the things we talk about on this show, which is totally on point. And really, you know, for me, I, I always think about it as, trying to focus on all of any little thing that I can control versus all of the things that are happening in my life that I can't control, especially with, with mental health issues or being able to feel like you want to do more when than you can, like you were just saying, like it's an absolute challenge, but even focusing on those little bits, those little things that you can control, asking for help, um, being honest about what it is that you're dealing with, helping other people, which has been, uh, which is amazing that you you do to for all these people, despite all of these issues, because a lot of people will go through this and they'll hold themselves up and they might not do anything about it or not be able to help themselves. And I think it's an amazing and empowering to let people know that there is at least something, some little thing that they can t- control. And sometimes that's even as little as just the narrative in your head as much as you can. it's quite the challenge. Um, That's exactly the language that I use too. Ironically, I did a video on that very thing this morning is, you know, Mm -hmm. finding, finding those little indications that things have gotten better. Right. If things are better, even in the slightest way, you have one little bit more of an opportunity to do better yourself. Right. And what I, what I do now professionally is I help people with disabilities or chronic challenges, including you know things like ADHD, anxiety, depression, chronic pain, you name it. And right. I help them build a business that accounts for the fact that they have this challenge. Right. So that they don't have to operate as though they don't have these problems. And not everybody knows how to do that. People mm-hmm. think you have to be perfectly healthy so that you can hustle 16 hours a day to be successful. And that's just not true. I've been self-employed for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And with every time a new diagnosis has come along with its challenges, I've had to adjust. 
I've had to change my business model sometimes completely in order to accommodate the new realities of my condition. And each time my business has gotten better because of those adjustments I've had to make. So I love passing these things on to people so they can have the same experience. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing to look at the realities of what's going on. And, and we have this, many of us have this perspective that you have to be this, this perfect version of this thing you're trying to be. And even so, when you're dealing with mental health issues, like it's no less perfect, it's just different. And having to make those adjustments is incredible. Like I, basically my past year and the entire reason this podcast even exists is because I've my entire life been trying to make adjustments for my mental health issues, potentially ADHD, potentially uh, it's either been cyclothymia or even if I discover that I have inattentive ADHD, that could rewrite the narrative a little bit for me. But either way, I've been dealing with some semblance of something and I've been having to make adjustments. The amount of people energy I put into things, the amount of time I put into things, you know, setting boundaries and scheduling and, and just doing all of these little things over time that uh, is is been incredible for me to be able to focus and feel productive and still get things done despite all of the things that I'm dealing with. So when you're when you're kind of helping people and teaching people these things, like what are some of the common changes or adjustments that you feel people can make? One of them you kind of mentioned was the allocation of time. So uh, uh, what are, what are some examples of some things that someone can can look at or or consider when they're trying to make that adjustment to their business? Well, one thing that I emphasize with people is simplify, simplify, simplify. There's this myth out there that we have to be everywhere. You know, mm -hmm. I people that use their schedulers and they're trying to be on every platform, Twitter, Instagram, everything. And what I tell people is that, you know, your people aren't everywhere. You're not throwing spaghetti out there and seeing where people bite. Right. What, what the reality is, is you got to know who your people are, where they are, and what are they talking about. And then you need to hit them on a human level. Mm -hmm. and that's, just, that's just good business advice. <laughs> and what, what you ultimately find and what I talk about is everything is generalizable because whatever, right. whatever we do, we are addressing a problem with the human experience. Right. People are suffering for some reason. And the undercurrent of all of it is that people don't feel like they're good enough. You know, right. that, that's how makeup can sell. Oh, you're not pretty enough. You need to wear this lipstick. Or mm -hmm. you're not trendy enough. You need to buy the new iPhone. There's always some good enough, not good enough, in all the messages we're receiving. And right. when people have anxiety, depression, something else, you, you're fighting uphill against their belief, I'm not good enough because I have this diagnosis. So the bottom line is, anybody who wants to counterbalance that, you send out a message that you are a human being you are imperfect, just like everybody else, regardless of the label that you put on it. And I'm here to tell you that because you are essentially a human being, you have value. You've learned some way to manage this human experience. And your story of overcoming and persevering makes you good enough because in sharing that story, you're giving someone else a reminder that they are not alone, that they matter too, and that they too can continue to persevere. And just by sharing that story, no matter where you share it, mm -hmm. you are giving somebody else an opportunity to feel better about themselves. So on point. <laughs> I had that to like soak that in for a second. <laughs> because 
that is the focus. It doesn't matter whether you do it in video, you create a meme, whether you have the perfect brand or logo, screw all that. Just show up and remind somebody that they are essentially beautiful, worthwhile, have something to contribute, and then through your product or service, you show them how to do that. Right. Exactly. You know, one of the things that I've subscribed to is the notion that mental health issues or any kind of diagnosis other than physical um, are, are typically things that are an amplification of the human experience. You know, I've experienced hypomania uh, and uh, essentially, you know, heightened senses of risk taking or uh, heightened energy states, manicness. And it's really no different than the. The, the human experience in the sense that, like you said, like you're saying, I'm trying to get to that point of like everything that you teach when it comes to like scheduling and, and treating people like humans and such like that and sharing your story is an amplification of the human experience. Like it can be generalized and the mental health experience is like an amplification of the human experience. Like it's just that, that mania, that hyper focus, that hyper attention, that hyper energy is is just the same thing as a human experience, just on another level. So I think it brings a lot of things to the surface that that the quote unquote average person can also take into account. Like I don't discourage anyone from listening to the show if you're not dealing with any kind of mental health issues. People can benefit from listening to you even if they're not dealing with ADHD because it can translate to different situations. That's essentially what I was trying to get to. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know one of the issues you run into and. If you do any study of cultures, you realize that the Western thinking, especially the medical profession, does a great job of pathologizing things that are so far away from the norm that it makes the normal uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why a lot of things like ADHD and autism are given the labels they do. Not to, to minimize the difficulty they can create for the individual given the label. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stuff around it is, well, this is so far from the normal that other people are bothered by it. So we need to do something to make it more normal. Right. When the reality is a lot of the eccentricities that come along with these things actually challenge the normals to challenge what they consider to be normal behavior. You know, the homosexuality and stuff used to be pathologized. Mm -hmm. There are things that are... Some great art that have come from people that were chronically depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's some wisdom that can be found in those deeper states. Not that you want to spend your life there, right? But there is so much more value below the surface than people take the time to look at because they're so focused on the problems that are created by those states. And most of the time, these are things that essentially it's a part of who we are at some at this point it's not something that as far as we know how we have cures for in terms of depression adhd etc cetera, etc cetera. um and it's about adapting who we are to the world and, and trying to get the world to adapt to us and that could be a massive challenge that once we get the chance to later in life be able to control our lives we're like really frustrated because when i was a kid i i had a lot of trouble focusing. I still have a lot of trouble focusing. And um, I've been using more time blocking these days. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't read fiction books, my brain just wanders too much, things like that. Um, oh, I'm still there with you on that. If it is nonfiction, I can't use it. I'm not interested. 
Right, exactly. Um, I, I've the, I've been recently looking into um, the inattentive ADHD. I haven't fully looked into combined just yet, but um, I pretty much check off most of the boxes. I think it's like six out of the seven. I don't remember if there's seven or nine, but um, most of the symptoms I kind of fall into. So uh, basically, I want to lead into asking you, um, what was your ex- what has been your experience life with ADHD and also working with your sons who have ADHD? Um, what I guess you know ADHD segment. What 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 do you got? <laughs> well, one thing that's really problematic, and some of this is cultural, where yeah. we're encouraged to have an opinion about everything. Right. You look through your newsfeed and you're seeing posts about who this celebrity is dating or what this politician is saying or what. TV show you're supposed to be watching. And there are so many things we are encouraged to pay attention to when the reality is there's really only two. There's two things you need to pay attention to in life, and that's it. Mm. Who you are and how you live it. Yeah. What are your values and how do you practice those values? Yep. And every day there, you know, they're my clients I need to attend to, my family members, and then you know, people that reach out to me. Those are the people I need to take care of. And there is a ripple effect that happens from that. If you show up strongly in other people's lives, the word will get out. People will share what it is that you contributed to their lives, and you worry about the ripple, but it starts close to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Focus on that. Focus on sharpening the saw, as Stephen Covey put it, mm-hmm. in his seven habits of highly effective people. Make yourself better. Refine your character, and then go to the world and make an impact with it. If you focus on that, don't care about what the celebrity is doing don't worry about what the politician is saying you focus on those two things and the things that help you do that so if someone asked me you know hey did you watch this show or did you hear what's going on in the news i can say with confidence that's not why i'm here mm-hmm. i was not put on my on this earth to care about what this politician is saying that's not my job if someone mm-hmm. asked me hey you know are you good at sports i was never good at sports i'm the perpetual klutz I was happy to score touchdowns or to throw a pitch straight. Those are not a measure of successful value in how I see myself. Let somebody else do that. That's their job. I'm not competing with them. Right. My job is to show up better today because I've refined myself. And by refining myself, when I show up better, I show up better for other people too. And I make an impact on them. So a lot of it is unlearning, peeling away all the noise and the nonsense that mm-hmm. we're told we need to pay attention to. We don't. Right. <laughs> so much of it is just noise. If you can get that stuff out of the way, then the number of things that you need to prioritize and put on your schedule from day to day, that list diminishes so profoundly that it is much easier to decide each morning, this is what I'm going to pay attention to. These mm-hmm. are the problems I'm going to solve. And everything else is just not on my radar. I think that can translate to how we learn as well, you know, not just uh, deciding what it is that we should or should not allow into our lives, but um, the the methods, you know, I I think it's easy for anyone with ADHD to have felt as a child that they were stupid because of the way that the teacher taught or that we weren't allowed to fidget with something or draw while we listened. I would do that in meetings all the time at my last job. I was, I would draw on pieces of paper while I was, uh, while someone was giving a presentation so that I could 
kind of keep my reptile brain busy as it were. So I could actually focus on what someone's saying. And I do that with interviews all the time. I'm taking notes constantly while you're talking so that it keeps me engaged. And, um, Part of that is just, just, you know, I've been able to finally adjust to what it is that I need. But when you're in school, it's really frustrating as a child to, to, to eventually have to unlearn all of that stuff. But it's amazing these days that we have so many more resources and ability to, to learn things. And I think part of it, if, and you can correct me on this or not, is, you know, being able to choose how we learn things, you know, YouTube or, um, taking courses on lynda.com or going to school if you prefer to be in front of a classroom or one-on-one coaching or follow your favorite person on Twitter or something and can and uh, find a mentor, work with them one-on-one, things like that. It sounds like we have more options. It, it well, is the fact that we have more options than ever. And um, we are kind of in this golden age of adjustment, which really allows for this conversation to even be happening. Yeah, one thing that I like to say is this is the best time in human history to be disabled. Yeah, things totally. are so much more accessible technologically speaking. You know, mm. there are still buildings that need a heck of a lot more ramps. You know, than to this day, because I there's times I have to use a wheelchair, right. and there are some places that I just can't get into because those buildings are not accessible. But that's mm. one kind of accessibility. You know, right. another brand of accessibility, which to me is what I'm most in love with, is the accessibility we have to each other now. Mm -hmm. on things like Facebook and email and texting. And when you need support and you can't physically go to someone, now you can send a Facebook message. You can go and watch a lecture on YouTube that somebody is speaking directly to your challenge. And you can't go to the seminar because of accessibility issues, but you can listen to the replay. You can even message the person Mm -hmm. Instagram or Twitter and have a conversation with them and feel supported. Yep. So just the reach now the technology has given us to not feel alone in our challenges. Facebook groups are crying out loud. Right. You know, for people that live out in the boondocks and don't have access to professional supports, they can now go on a Facebook group that has, hopefully, some informed professionals in there that can at least give them a little bit of information to get them down the road to getting help, if not giving them all the help they need, And, you know, even as little as 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have that kind of access to each other. Nope. Just that alone is, is an amazing experience. Yeah, and I think people are still unlearning from that time period, you know, from the time when we had limited access to each other. We're still learning that, hey, you can, you can message that person you just watched a TED Talk about. <laughs> you, could, you could reach out to people that you are interested in and care about and, and um, you know, take the reins, you know, kind of goes back to the taking control aspect where you, there are just little things that you can have, you have more control over in your life than you ever had before. And uh, I think we're still kind of mentally in a place where it's, it's hard to distance ourselves from that. Um, And, and unlearn those things. Unlearn is probably my word of 2018. (laughs) I had to unlearn a lot of things about relationships, about business, um, uh, and about uh, my approach to, you know, to to approach to my business, you know, with how I allocate my time, how I learn things. And the fact that like, I can get obsessed with a topic and just dive in. I don't need anyone's permission. And it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't let go of that idea of unlearning because there are so many gatekeepers out there these days, the gurus, 
who right. say, this is the way you have to do it, and this is the formula you have to follow. And a lot of them really appear to have great success with it, and I don't doubt many of them do, mm-hmm. but there are so many variables in this universe that when you look at their model, there's a certain amount of people that that works for for this time and space based on that guru's personality, the service they offer, and who they're trying to serve, and maybe pieces of that will work for you, but to think that you have to follow that exact model to be successful is just pure garbage. Absolutely. Um, and, and kind of transitioning from that, you, you're doing the opposite of pure gar- garbage. You're doing really great work on Facebook. And um, I, I'm really curious about how you have developed your sort of a radio voice, as it were. Like, did you have a lot of public speaking? Did you just do it through practice on Facebook? Things like that. Um, how did you get so comfortable with the way that you speak? Well, I've done a couple things over the years. There's I've been on the stage in one way or another since I was in fifth grade. I've always loved performing, presenting, doing plays, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just have a knack for using my voice. Right. And that's something that I've absolutely refined over the years. Some of it is natural, but a lot of it is through deliberate training. I've listened to the people that move me. You know, the, the Tony Robbins, the Wayne Dyers, mm-hmm. the some you know, Zen speakers, people that present on that topic. And I listen to how they use their voice as an instrument. Mm-hmm. I love music. That's one of the things I do every single day as I listen to music and how the sound is used, the, the crescendos, the, the, the bass line, things like that, how sound is used. I'm in love with sound. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't carry a tune to save my life. I wish I could sing. It's not a talent that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm envious of painters, how they use color, the contrast. So I just studied all of that to see how can I best use my voice to make an impact with people. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, I can dance kind of. I can't paint. I can't draw. But man, can I speak. Mm Mm-hmm. I do what I can to refine that instrument as best I can and use that as my modality to help create change, not just in my use of language, but my use and how I express that. Yeah. And you're really leaning into that as a strength. It's, it's, it's amazing to see that it's just like, it's a part of, it's a part of who you are. You're not caught up in trying to you know, wish that you were a better painter or something like that. You recognize your instrument and you're using it to your best ability. So that, that to me is an amazing message on its own to, to consider for those of you listening. Um, and that kind of leans into like, likely my last question here is about um, what are some of the more recent adjustments that you've been making? You know, using your voice is something that is, can stick around for quite a while. Um, so what have you been making recently with more adjustments as you've been, um, you know, you learned about your more recent diagnoses and diagnoses and such, like you said, you're laying in bed doing this right now. So what other adjustments have you been making to accommodate for, you know, where life is headed? Well, it, it's not that I'm making new adjustments, but that I'm really leveraging certain things more so than uh-huh. before. Right. Um, I, in the past, did not allow myself to do one-to-one client sessions from bed. For, for some reason, I just had that hang up in my mind that I, I just didn't want to do that. Well, right. recently, I had to do it, right. <laughs> you know, because I'm sick of rescheduling all the time. 
mm-hmm. because I didn't, I had a, a headache or I had pain. So I needed to lay down and, you know, I would reschedule podcast interviews because I had to lay down and right. I'm thinking, you know what, if I'm really going to be transparent and send the message to people that your life is your life, don't get caught up in the stigmatization or feel like you need to explain why you're doing things a certain way, just do it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way you live your life and there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with it. So I started I'm not rescheduling. If I need to do a podcast from bed, so be it. If I need to do a one-to-one session from bed, then that's just the way it is. So probably embracing that more myself and being willing to allow myself that and be okay with it. That's probably one of the bigger changes I've had to make recently. Continuing to unlearn all those little things as we go. I think it's unlearned that there's some some reason there should be an issue with that. Well, why? Why should be an issue? There shouldn't be. So just do it. You know, it's like, uh, it's like that old adage of like when, uh, you know, when you hear, when you hear a kid at like two years old and they're always asking why, why, why yeah. <laughs> you got to keep doing that for yourself. <laughs> you don't have an answer this. And this is my philosophy. If you don't have an answer for that kid, it means you haven't thought it through. Yep. Exactly. So you some homework. Yeah. Do that for yourself all the time. Each and every mm-hmm. one of you listening. Um, so this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you for being on the show. This has been so great. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what it is that you offer, where people can get a hold of you, and, um, you know, particularly what kind of people you would like to speak to. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, The best place to find me is my website, which is Mm themindsetking.com. There you're going to find my programs, you know, links to my podcast, my YouTube channel, where all the goodies that I I produce are there. The main thing I'm focusing right now, business-wise, is helping people with various challenges, whether it's you know, a chronic pain condition, bipolar, ADHD, you name it. I don't care what the challenge is, but if you want to be successful as a professional or in business for yourself and do it transparently and build it around the unique challenges of your condition, I can help you do that. I've done it for myself. I do it for other entrepreneurs. And I want to help you make the greatest impact with your story and also increase your income. And all the details on how I can help you do that are on my website. And also follow me on either Instagram or Facebook. And let's have a conversation and talk about how you can live a full life regardless of what your challenges are. Yeah, Brian's a good man. So, and as you could tell by all of the fantastic information and insight you got from this episode that uh, he's the real deal. So if you have these questions, I'm sure you could just reach out to him, even if you're unsure about it, and he will happily talk to you. So thank you, Brian, for being on the show. This has been amazing. It's been an honor, Christian. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And uh, you guys be sure to like and review and leave all the things on this show. Thank you so much. Share this episode if it resonates with you or anyone that you listen to uh, or anyone in your family or life or anyone that is dealing with any kind of difficulties and wanting to make their lives a little bit better uh, every single day. So unlearned things. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.